three jungle tales, all on this sports objective. Between now and opening day, we will talk to 23 former Pirate baseball players about their path to East Carolina, their time in the purple and gold, and what they're up to now. Now let's talk Pirate baseball. Welcome into 23 Jungle Tales right here on the Sports Objective, brought to you by PGXGloves.com. Bubba, very excited to have Mark Minikazi, who uh, is part of the Pirate Baseball uh, family, and uh, I'm very excited to have him as a sponsor of 23 Jungle Tales. If we look back at careers of coaches and players uh, from the past, and certainly they're very important to us. And Bubba, very excited to have a Williamston native here with us. It's very exciting. Yeah, I know. I knew you'd be fired up about having a Williamson native on. This Absolutely. guy played for played for uh, Williamson back in the '70s, and uh, came to East Carolina. And uh, welcome, welcome into the program, Butch Davis. Thank, thank you very much. Um, I'm happy to be here with you. Very excited to talk to a fellow Tiger. Uh, and then it's not every day. I mean, think about it, Bubba. It's not every day that you have a fellow Tiger and a fellow Pirate. It's usually the High schools, you, you know, you didn't have – they went to Williamson, then they went to another school, or they went to another school, and then they became a Pirate. So to have a Tiger and a Pirate, I mean, uh, I need to play the lottery tonight for sure. Butch, <laughs> uh, great, very glad to ha have you on. And uh, starting – speaking of Williamson, how did you get recruited to East Carolina? Can you talk about your path from Williamson to, I guess, down 903 to Greenville? Yeah, uh well, you know, I was in Williamson, and uh, uh, after leaving Williamson, I actually I went to St. Augustine in Raleigh for like for like one year, and uh, and and then I transferred over to uh, to East Carolina, and um, that's how I got there. I mean, it 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 was a pleasure uh, getting a chance uh, to play with um, with some pretty nice ball players there. No question about it. When you look at uh, back then, so when you were coaching, uh, who was your coach? Was it Dink Mills for uh, baseball back then? Yes, it was. Uh, my junior high school coach was a uh, Johnny Hollison, and then my uh, my varsity coach was a uh, Dink Mill and Harold Robinson. Oh, H. Rob, you know how uh, he's a friend friend of the program, and Bubba, a guy that likes to have a good time. We love H. Rob, and uh, Coach Robinson is uh, very close. By the way, for the Williamston family, we lost. I uh, was telling you, Butch, a guy that came after you were by the time you were in East Carolina. Coach Mike Burrell, who was my baseball coach, passed away two days ago. So I want to give, give condolences to his family. And he's the one I always tell the story about uh, when you get tired of losing, you'll find a way to win. We lost two conference games. One to John Holmes and Edenton was the second one that we shouldn't have lost, and we did. So he made us run more than we ever wanted to run. And uh, very sad. We're going to miss Coach Mike Burrell. Uh, rest in peace. And uh, I know with uh, with Williamston, uh, people may not know, but Williamston has a really big baseball tradition. Yeah, they do because he, he uh, even the years when I when I was there, uh, I know we won the state championship uh, seventy five and seventy six. You know, uh, because I have a very unique story, uh, and, and and that is, you know, when I was a junior, um, uh, I didn't I, I didn't start right away. Uh, I was sitting on the bench, and I never forget we went to we we went to Runnel Rapids uh, to play, and uh, Harold Robinson actually told uh, he asked me, said, "Listen, why don't you give Butch Butch a chance to start?" And Dink looked at him and said, "Why?" He said, "Well, you know, just give him a chance and just see what can he 
can he do? And um, so he started me. And from that day on, you know, he never took me out the lineup. Wow. So what was uh, – what position did you play? Uh, outfielder. Outfielder, so your speed. Mm -hmm. Yep, because I'm a speed and I can run and I can, and I can hit a little bit. No question. So you went to Augustine. What brought you to what, – what made you transfer from St. Augs to, to Greenville? I think what made me transfer was because I wanted to play just a little bit more better baseball because when I went to St. Augustine, I, uh, I did pretty good, uh, actually. Um, I wasn't – I didn't expect to do that well because, I mean, I love, I love baseball, but I also love basketball. And, uh, you know, I, I played all the sports in school, and, and, and I guess, you know, baseball happened to be the best – the best of the three. And so, um, and I, I, I got recruited to St. Augustine and then, um, uh, after my, after my freshman year, um, uh, I ended up going to, uh, East Carolina. I remember the, the, the dentist there by the name of Dr. Marshburn, um, yeah. you know, he followed my career uh, out of high school. And, uh, after my freshman year saying, all he asked me, you know, have, have I thought about transferring? I said, I said, it would be nice. So he said, let me make some calls and, you know, check around and see. So he ended up calling, uh, uh, East Carolina at the time. It was a uh, Monty little. He was the, uh, the, the head coach there along with, you know, uh, that, uh, Hal Beard and also, uh, Gary Overton. And, uh, so they called and, and, um, and I went over it and I, I talked with them and then they offered me, they told me, well, if, if I want one transfer, come on over. And I did. Well, that's certainly a lot of fun. And we're glad that you did. So cool to have a tiger and a pirate. Can't <laughs> <say that enough. laughs> uh, but what about, talk about your career. I know that uh, at East Carolina, uh, you get the Greenville. I know you're being a Williamson kid. It's not like you have the element of surprise of Greenville because it's so far, it's not, but 26 miles away. So it's not like it's uh, several hundred miles away or you're in the state of Florida coming to Greenville. Uh, it's pretty much in our backyard. Yeah, it is. And uh, it was even better because I, I was a lot um, I was close, close to the home. And, and plus, you know, um, uh, my family and friends, they got a chance to come out and see me, see me play. Um, it was enjoyable. Um, I, you know, I just I think about some of the time that we played when I when I played there with, with some of the players and, and, you know, I think the one thing that uh, that we did well, I think that uh, we jailed together as a team, and 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 you know the uh, the chemistry was good, and I learned over the years that if you have the chemistry uh, as a team, you can win a lot of games because it, it seems like you're all on the same page. Hey Bubba, I know that uh, Bubba always gives gives me a hard time. He's like. Hey, Bubba, we'll get back to baseball in a second. But you always say, are you kidding me? If I lived so close, if I lived in Williamston, I would be in everything in East Carolina. I was like, I wish I could. Like, I wish my schedule permitted that. But he always says, are you kidding me? I love East Carolina so much. And and I do feel guilty, Bubba, on the, those football games or baseball or basketball when I'm driving home. And poor Bubba and his family drive like three and a half hours each way. And I've got like a 40, 45-minute drive. Oh yeah, it's a it's a short ride. I tell you that it's a real short ride, and I love it. Butch, tell us about Coach Little. Um, you know, I know we're going to have Coach Baird, who you played for your senior season, and we're going to have him on um, Billy Bell. Yeah, well, uh, 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 in this series here, here a few weeks back, um, and Billy Billy's connecting us with Coach Baird. But tell us about Coach Monty Little. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he, um, he, he recruited me in, you know, and, uh, he gave me opportunity to play 
and I appreciate that. Um, you know, he was a hard worker. I, I know there there were days that we had to practice in the snow. I tell you that. I know he made us go out and do that. So, uh, but uh, um, you know, he loved the game. He did. He 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 loved the game, and um, and I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed playing for him for what two years, which I did, and then in my, in my senior season, uh, I played up on the uh, Hal Hal Beard after that. And the base, speaking of baseball, and then after Baird, with uh, by the time I got to East Carolina nineties, obviously the eighties, when um, I know when Coach O took over, he was like my coach, even though I wasn't playing when I was there. But uh, baseball in East Carolina, I tell that all the time. People don't realize, and obviously, you know, I bleed purple and gold. It could be tiddlywinks, and I'm going to be pulling for that sport. Um, but everybody talks about the football program, but the baseball program, man, so many great players. So many great coaches have coming uh, come through uh, Greenville over the years. It's just uh, it's kind of overwhelming at times to think about all the talent we've had. If it's coaching or playing, yeah, I agree because I know um, my senior season with uh, with uh, coach Coach Beard there. It was a, it was it, it was um, it was a gem. I, I I guess also because you know we had a lot of seniors too, and uh, one thing Coach Beard did uh, that I really love that I carry with me to. Uh, today is that, uh, uh, you know, he was always honest with you. That, that's one thing I, I appreciate about him. And uh, he just, he just let us play. And he, he told us, listen, if you make, you make mistakes, don't worry about it. You know, I, even if I pull you out the game uh, one day, but the following day and you'll be back in there. And, um, and he was really, really easy to, to, to play for. And another thing is, you know, by being a hitter, uh, if scouts would come in and and uh, watch us play, and we'd be taking batting practice, I tell you what, you talking about some of the best BP thrower, he would just lay it right there, and mean, and you would just be shining, you'd be smiling because you know the way he just laid it in there, it was great. So talk about that transition um, that you were making from St. Augustine's and to to uh, East Carolina uh, prior to that nineteen seventy eight season. Uh, what what was that move like going going um, to Division One baseball? It was uh, it was pretty easy, really. Um, not knowing what what to expect, it's no more than probably I would say I, I knew that I was going to face face some better baseball, and uh, and I look forward I look forward to doing doing that um and plus going in you know uh you know and the players they made it easy um you know they um they had accepted me right away and this coaching staff there was great like i said with the with a coach coach Overton there uh he was great i mean i i just I mean i saw him about uh, what about maybe four months ago i think it was and uh because we all got got together after so many years um and uh and Coach Beard, like I said, he was there also. So you know, he made things easy, and it was it was it was just one of trans transition whereby when you walk in and you know and you felt right at home. How much pride did you have, Butch, being we're talking about the local factor? But to me, I consider Williamson, like I said, 40, 45 minutes away. Uh, how much pride did you have putting on that purple and gold, knowing you're like a local kid? When they're they could be recruiting kids all across the country, but they pick you. Um, do you have more sense of pride knowing that you're a local kid playing for the Pirates? Yeah, I did. Uh, it, you know, just like you said, by being being so close to home, and then plus, you know, when when you get there, there's a lot of other kids also that were from Williamson as well there. 
but they they probably wasn't playing playing sports at the time. Um, uh, and I was probably one of the only one from Wins at the time, but I knew we had a quarterback out of Winston that also played uh, play uh, uh, football. There, I can't think of his name right now, but anyway, he was he was starting Mike quarterback Weaver. there. Mike, the there you go. Weaver. Yes, he was. Uh, he was he was from there, and I tell you what, and and it, it made it so much easier for me because knowing that I had someone else there that was from Williamson that was also doing doing good, so I knew that by me coming there, um, I had to bring my game up. I just had to be the best that I can be because I wanted to be part of the elite, one of the elite players that leaving out of Williamson, and so I can show them what I what I can do. So, Butch, when did you realize that you um, – obviously, that senior season, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, was played for Coach Hal Baird. And um, af- after that season, uh, you were drafted um, in the 11th round by the Kansas City Royals, which we'll get to in a few minutes. But I know you had a tremendous senior season, um, batting well over 300, and you, you led the team in home runs and also RBIs. So what are your memories uh, of that uh, 1988? season, excuse me, uh, when East Carolina went to the NCAA tournament? Uh, what I remember most, I, I, I guess, like I said, you know, uh, I probably wouldn't have been as good as I was if it wasn't for the other players on the team. Because, like I said, we had, we had uh, I want to say about maybe seven seniors. So it, it was no pressure on me because uh, if you threw around me, you had you had a couple more players. Uh, Bill, uh, Bill Abess uh, was there at the time. Uh, uh, and uh, Raymond Steins was also there as a hitter. So, uh, so we had and making more. We had a team of guys that could swing the bat. So if you more more so threw around me, then you had to face you had to face them. So it made it easier when 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 you have more than just one guy on the team that can hit, and you got two and three guys that can hit. It make it tough for you. And uh, so I guess that's one of the reasons. You know, it 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 became easier. Because you know, uh, if I didn't do the job, someone else did it too, and so so it it made it tough for the opposition to, to just start throwing around you, and uh, and I guess that's that was the best thing that I've that I've learned. You know, when, when you got chemistry and you got a bunch of hitters around you that can hit as well, it make your job so much easier. Yeah, we need to get Ramey Steins on the program. Oh, yeah. uh, I told you we've had Billy Best on. He was an excellent storyteller and a tremendous interview. Um, but uh, Ramey Steins is a very nice guy as well. I know he had been a, an excellent player for the Pirates, as you said. And, um, you know, he spent years and years uh, officiating ACC basketball as well as yeah. others. Yep, he sure has. He's done very well. And uh, you were talking about that very fact of team chemistry and the, uh, and the like. And it just amazes me going through, you're talking about uh, the order of the lineup. Uh, some of these guys, it's like, you know, what do you like the, pick your poison? Just like you were talking about, you know, you pitch around these guys and next thing, you know, I guess uh, you start pitching around a guy. Next thing you know, you're down three or four, nothing quick. Right. That's it. Absolutely. And because, you know, it was no, it was no pressure on you. You you were able to just go out there and relax and, and have fun. And I guess with the fact that uh, coach little Baird and then obviously on down the line, these coaches have done a nice job. Uh, we'll talk about player development, uh, but player development. And then they had the, with the, I guess the recruiting, cause you got to have the players, but you guys had a lot of depth on that team, right? And the, in 80. Yeah, we did a lot. We really, really did. And, and, and it, and they all came out to play it and they all, they all did well. They all, I mean, it, it was just a, it was, I mean, it was just like a family affair, really. 
Uh, talk about it. Some, back in 1980, uh, obviously much different uh, situation as far as the venue, but there at Harrington Field, I know it could still get rowdy at times, you know, especially those big in state games against the Tar Heels or NC State, UNC Wilmington, or what have you. Uh, so t- tell us about the jungle back in 1980 under the, the white pines dripping sap on you. Well, you know, I tell you what, I, I think some of our, our best games, I know it was against Carolina and North Carolina State because, you know, I guess they were our two, our two biggest rivalry. But, uh, it, it, you know, because when you – when you played them, you had you had bring your best game because there was no there was no uh, soul league and you know with the with with the Tar Heels or the Woodpack and 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 we just wanted to we just want to show uh, show the ACC you know that we can play uh, caliber baseball against them and we did. No doubt about it. I mean, you look at uh, East Carolina. There's no question with American. Um, but East Carolina certainly is a, uh, people say this all the time, but a power five program. When you look at right now, I think uh, Butch were ranked 13th. I believe Bubba is the highest. I can't remember all the polls run together, but 13th is the highest. But I think it's fair to say that Cliff Godwin has a top 15 program every year. Yeah, he did. Because, uh, I mean, I didn't follow it as much, but I, but I know that uh, that he did because uh, um, uh, Mike Wright was, you know, when he was there, he was, you know, he, when he got drafted, and he came out and was talking about it. And he talked about the, the program that they had. Man, plus Billy, uh, Billy Best, he always kept me uh, updated too. Because you know he used to go uh, go back in there and scout, and then and I may run across him or I call him or he called me, and, and then we will start talking about the program. He tell him how 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 well they were they, they was doing. I said, yeah. I said I don't follow as much, but I said, but I do get get some updates because uh, they had a, a photographer uh, that was well. We called his said name was Doc. Uh, he was out of Delmarva, but anyway, I used to see him all the time in spring training, and he, and he always gave me an update about the program, how how well they're and they're doing, and I definitely appreciate that. Uh, appreciate him doing 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 that for me. And then if I had any questions, I always called Billy. He was always filled me in as well. Uh, Butch, talk about that very thing of um, your playing career. And then with East Carolina, and then you uh, you move on to the majors. How how great a feeling is that? As a kid, I come from a baseball family. I didn't have the talent, obviously, that you guys have that have made it. But what's it like to go from East Carolina, and then I take it you you get drafted? What's that feeling like when you found out that you're that you're going to the big league, so to speak? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, very humble, and 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 I was. Um, I was static. Um, it's something that, you know, once you get drafted uh, and, you know, and you just hope, you just hope that one day, you know, you, you would get opportunity to play in the major leagues. And, uh, and I wasn't sure, you know, when you're playing, you're not really sure if, if you're going to make it or not, but, but you know, one thing that if you get out there and give it your all and you hustle and you play hard and you play the game, right. Um, the opportunity might might show up, and it did. And when that call came, I, I was like, you know, uh, I I couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I just couldn't because I was I was I was enjoying the game. I, I was just having fun. I, I one thing I learned to do is not to put a lot of pressure on myself. I I learned not to do that. I just go out there and play, have fun, and let the chips fall where where they may. And during that time, and plus, you know, we had other players that that. 
during a time that I could relate to or that I can talk to about certain things and they didn't mind sharing knowledge with you. And that also helped me out a lot too, because uh, we didn't have as many coaches as they do now. And uh, so we had to rely a lot on our teammates, uh, some of the older guys there, and they would give you some, some, uh, uh, some little tidbits here and there. So when I got the call to the big leagues, uh, just to just to get there and walk in the locker room and 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 because you know when I when I, when I first got to Big League, I mean, they had Frank White and uh, uh, George Brett, uh, Willie Wilson, Amos Otis, uh, you know, and even hey, and even believe it or not, Gaylord Perry was there when I was there, so I got a chance to play with Gaylord Perry his last year in Kansas City. Wow. Yeah. So um, cool. yeah, and 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 that was uh, that was special. I, I, hey, two major leaguers playing. From a town that has five thousand people, I mean something like that. I mean it's incredible, and and of course his brother Jim was uh, yeah. good as well. In um, Kansas City back then, as a kid, I was about nine, ten, eleven when they were really, really good uh, back at that time. So uh, that's that's incredible that uh, you had the opportunity to play with them and uh, the pine tar bat with George Brett. <laughs> yeah, back in the eighties, uh, that's one of the most classic, uh, iconic videos of all time seeing him run out of that dugout yeah it was you know because i i joined the club after that i think i, I uh i think that incident might have happened i, I want to say maybe in july and i joined the club in august late late august okay and um uh, and that's what they were always talking about and i'm like okay but i was just i was just still i was just i guess starstruck just just by being there i mean it was like you know, from Williamston, here I am, uh, 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 another ball player from Williamston made it. I knew Galo, Galo, I knew a Galo Perry and Jim Perry. I knew of them, them two. And then all of a sudden, here, here go Butch Davis. I'm thinking like, whoo, this is really something. It was really cool, Bubba. Let's say this real fast and Pat pitch it to you. Uh, Gaylord had, uh, Gaylord played for like a million teams. Of course, he's a Hall of Famer, but he yep. had like, he had, he had a, a jersey. It was really cool, Bubba. I don't know if you've ever seen it with all the – I forget how many clubs he played for, but every single club he had a patch on it because people kept saying, "What? Team, who did you play for? And he's like, well, you know, like I've got the jersey on right here. But I always thought that was cool. But the good thing about that, Butch, is that if he has all those patches, that means he had a – which he did, a Hall of Fame career because if not, he would not have um, had all those patches. <laughs> he made the, all those clubs. Absolutely. Now, Butch, I know I'm going to put you on the spot with this, but just a few um, questions just about your career in general um, with the big leagues. Um, do you remember who was your first game against uh, and, and you know, wh where was it played, which stadium? And uh, also, you know, do you remember your first hit and also your first home run? Uh, yeah, my first hit uh, was, was in Kansas City against the White Sox by a pitcher named Dick, uh, Dick Tedrow. Um, I got my first hit, first hit RBI off him. Uh, my first home run off, uh, what I know you're going to ask that question. I'm trying to think here. Um, guy by the name of Jay uh, Pettibone. Uh, I want to say Jay Pettibone from Minnesota Twins. I guess uh, Bubba's the. Trying to think. With another question go, uh, along with that. The, he was just talking about the stadium. Was like your, no, no, the stadium was uh, 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 the stadium. Kansas City with the um, Kansas City. Uh, I can't think of the name uh, uh, stadium in Kansas City. 
And yep. then Minnesota, it was the Metrodome. Yep. And then uh, in Kansas City, I guess it was what, Kauffman Stadium back Kauffman, then? Kauffman Stadium. There you go. Yeah, Kauffman Stadium. It had the waterfall in the, the, waterfall yeah. in the field, right? I love yep. that. That's one thing that I miss about the stadiums from back in the day. There was a lot of uh, older stadiums, like with uh, with Tiger Stadium, you know, with you have like, I mean, that was so iconic. And then you have all the, you know, of course, with the, uh, was still with Fenway and Wrigley now, but there's a lot of stadiums like that with that that you miss out now because it seems like everything is so modernized or cookie cutter now compared to yeah, what you. Yeah, what what was your favorite venue to play in? Uh, you know, to be honest, as long as I was in the major leagues, it didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> Now I'm trying to think as far as um, obviously the Royals. I know you also played with the Rangers. Uh, mm -hmm. wh which other teams do you play with in the big leagues? Did you did you play uh, strictly in the AL or did you play in no, the NL? I, I played for the Pirates also in the big leagues. Okay. I play, also played for the Dodgers also in, in the big leagues. Okay, so you so you got the opportunity to play play at Wrigley. Yes, I played at Wrigley. I sure did. Then that yeah, was a nice a, a nice old ballpark historically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what um, I had the opportunity to go there. I guess it's my 13th birthday. That, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, because I, yeah, I, I, I got my first nationally hit uh, uh, in Wrigley. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, we saw them play the uh, – not to get off on a tangent, but we, we was, of course, uh, I want to say Sandberg was still playing. You, you had Sammy playing and right. And then they're playing the Montreal Expos when they had Larry Walker and Marquise Grissom. Yeah, they're going way back there. Yeah, matter yeah. of fact, I had a buddy, had a buddy of mine. Uh, matter of fact, uh, also was drafted by uh, by Kansas City along with myself. Uh, and uh, he was he was a bullpen coach for the for the Cubs for the past nine years. Okay. And, yeah. Now. Um, who were some of the top pitchers? I know you you mentioned the pitcher that you you had gotten your first hit off, but you know who were, who were some of the top guys that you had the opportunity to face um, in terms of pitchers, and but then also uh, who were some of the the top guys um, that you had the opportunity to play against? Well, I'll tell you what, then uh, Ron Guidry. I I tell you what, I got I got two home runs against him. I got him. Um, I got him one time in uh, got him one time in New York, and I hit another in uh, Coffin Stadium. Uh, the one pitcher that that, uh, that 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 killed me was uh, Tommy John. Uh, I could never. I mean, I knew what was coming because you knew we could throw it. You could throw it away, and I would stay back long enough and just hit it. When I hit it, I hit it right dead at second base every single time. It didn't matter because he just he was just he just had my number. But uh, Ron Guidry, I got him twice. Yep. Now I'm trying to think back. Um, were you, were you teammates um, with with Charlie Huff? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. No, because I knew I knew you like like I mentioned. I knew you were with the Rangers. I just I couldn't yeah. remember if if I, your uh, if your years overlapped with his. No, I was with uh, 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 Nolan Ryan his last year. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us, nice. tell us. Tell us about. Uh, tell us about. And the strikeout king. Uh, do you have any good, any good Nolan Ryan stories? No, only the, listen. The, the 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 one thing that really impressed me about Nolan Ryan was that 
it didn't matter what time, like, you know, we used to get in the morning sometime about maybe two, two, two thirty in the morning and uh, traveling on the road. And, uh, and there'll be people out sitting out there waiting on him. And, you know, he, you know, he didn't stop right there and sign an autograph, but the very next day, if the bus would leave around about three o'clock in, in the afternoon, he would go out there at, at least a half an hour before, before anybody get out there and start signing, signing an autograph. And anytime you ask him for an autograph, that's one thing he, and, and, and he did do that. I really, really appreciate it that he would take the time, time to do it because, you know, by him being, being a strikeout King, you know, a lot of time, you know, uh, the demands for him is was such a great, great demand, but he still took the time to uh, to sign an autograph, and I really appreciate it about him. Yeah, that's awesome to hear that he was that way, because you know, so many guys, uh, I don't know, and you get it to an extent uh, because you know you're getting all the time, but at the same time, you just got to try to keep it in the proper perspective. Um, Obviously, would would not know what that's like, but um, yeah, I would hope that if I was in that situation, that I would have been able to keep it in the pro- proper perspective. And uh, like Nolan Ryan, uh, you know, do what's right for for the kids and fans of the game. Yeah, you know, he he really did, and I and I I just used to just sit and watch because I seen there there another time, you know, when because uh, you you knew what would happen was that uh, you know with the Look, kids up there trying to get an autograph, but then, but then the old adults they would just go up there and just knock them out the way, and you know, and once he saw that, you know, he just, you know, no, he was signed to the the uh, the little kids uh, autograph for them. Uh, so, but he was uh, tell you what though, he was a classy gentleman, he really was, and I really appreciated about him. Which managers did you have the opportunity to play for? Uh, uh, Dick Hauser. Uh, Tommy, Tommy Lasorda, Jim Leland, um, uh, Kevin Kennedy with the Rangers. Uh, then was a four, was another man that I've big leagues with. Oh, and uh, oh, and uh, Frank Robinson with the Orioles. Nice, some some big names. Uh, yeah. There. Um, <laughs> It, it was. Uh, I never start, thought about that. <laughs> yeah, let me start with uh, Jim Leland. I I remember, and obviously there are a few things that come to mind about Jim Leland. I mean, he's had success pretty much um, any club that he's been with. But um, the thing I recall about Jim Leland, you know, growing up uh, a Braves fan, when the Braves and Pirates would be playing, and Jim Leland would be hiding hiding in smoke in the dugout. <laughs> Yep, that's him. <laughs> you see him yeah. over in the cor- corner of the dugout. It was hilarious. That's him. That's him. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, he was good too. He was, you know, because I've, I've I've seen him over the past the past years. Uh, you know, he's always come down to because uh, you know he works with the uh, Tigers, and uh, and and, my, and and our pass was always cross with him, and I always go up there to him, talk to him, speak to him. Um, he's a very very nice gentleman. And then back in those days, the um, L.A. Dodgers. We're in the same division as the Atlanta Braves, the NL West, which which made a lot of sense. But uh, so, so just talk about um, any any good Tommy Lasorda stories. No, I you know I got a chance. I went up with them and I stayed about well maybe ten days with them, and I didn't get a chance to really get a chance to know him that well. You know, I, I saw him in spring training. I, I was in camp with them. Um, you know, just you know, they always talked about Tommy, you know, and his pasta. You know, his his his, his you know, he loved pasta. So yeah, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, that's all that. But other than that, that was it. 
um, I didn't get a chance to, to really be around him a whole lot. So, Butch, after your playing days were through, talk about the transition into to coaching. Is that something um, that just – it kind of materialized as, as time went on, or is that something that you knew uh, even while you're still playing? Hey, when I hang up the cleats, uh, I want to coach. It is. Uh, I knew that, uh, you know, when I finished playing baseball, that uh, I finished playing the game of baseball, I knew that I wanted to coach. And uh, my last year in playing was in uh, within 94, uh, uh, and, and, and uh, that's when they had to strike. Um, and I was home because uh, I was gonna, you know, just just wait until the strike was over. Then I was gonna go back and play again. But but the Orioles called me. Uh, the, the assistant farm director at the time was a Don Buford, and the head farm, the uh, farm director was a Sid Thrift. And they called me and asked me if, uh, what I plan on doing. Uh, what did well, I go back and play, or did I have I thought about coaching? And um, I told him I said, well, I'd like to coach one day. And I said, well, and he the guy mentioned the welding. So what about now? I said, well, I tell you what, you want to just, you know, give me a, give me an offer. Let me know what you're talking about. And I discussed it with, with my wife and I did. And um, I got back with him. I told him that I um, let me go into coaching because I knew with the strike coming in, it was going to be a little while before they even settled that. And um, and I was up in age, too. And I said, well, let me go ahead on and start my coaching career. And um, and that's what I did. And I know you you did that an awfully long time um, earlier pre-show before we went live. You were talking about you know ha- hanging it up and um, enjoying retirement, um, but just talk about the I guess what you did that for nearly twenty five years or so. So so just talk about uh, coaching and some of the some of the stops you made and places you coached. Uh, well, I spent. Uh... I spent approximately almost well, come out being 23.7, uh, 23 years and seven months with with the Orioles. I would say 24 years, but um, I've I've traveled. Uh, I manage. Um, I was hitting coach. I was a roving outfield instructor for for seven years. I managed for three years, and so the, the other 14 years I I spent uh, as a as a hitting coach. Um, then I was very fortunate enough whereby I got opportunity to go and coach with the Minnesota Twins uh, for the big league club, uh, the first base coach on the, on the Paul Molitor. Um, and that was, that was, that was outstanding. That was, uh, I mean, whew, I don't know, but anyway, it was, it was such a thrill just to get opportunity to go and coach some major league ball players, just be up there with them, just to see how much talent they really have and see how, See how um, see how well they can play, and see how fast the game is, and and and, um, and I just um, I loved it. I I really had a wonderful time coaching for the for the two years with the Minnesota Twins. What years what were those? That was in uh, fifteen and sixteen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Butch, I had a question as far as uh, when we talk about making obviously minor leagues to major leagues. What's the difference from Going from say single A ball to how much of a difference is it from single A ball to making the um, making the show? It's a big difference, you know. And, and I I tell guys this all the time, and I, and and I truly mean it. And I said, listen, I I said you all have the ability, the physical ability to play in the big league, but I think that what separate them is 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 the mental part of the game, because the game gets so much faster. The game gets really quick. You have to be able to wow. think. You got to be think just like that, 
And that's what I see. Even guy, guys in the big league, you hear people saying, well, I don't see why come he's still in the big league. I tell you why he's still in the big leagues. Because he, because he can think on his feet real quick. The mental part of the game he has. He also had he has some ability, some, some the, the, the physical ability to play to play there also. But there are players in the minor league system that have that have just as much physical ability than guys in the major league, but they don't have the knowledge. They can't. They don't. They, they aren't quite seasoned yet. That that, that when they get there, you got to be able to make a decision quickly. When when it happens, you got to. You got to be on it now. You can't just sit back and think about it. It's too late. That's a, that's how fast the game gets. And that very fast, uh, uh, that very fact, I was going to ask about uh, fundamentals as far as fundamentals of the game. Uh, how young? I know uh, Bubba and I have boys about the same age. His boy is a little bit older, about a year and a half, I think, older than mine. But you're getting to now where my son, unfortunately, because of the COVID year, he's already missed one season, maybe two. Uh, he's missed uh, farm league is where he was doing. Uh, he got a year ahead, but actually now he, he's going to be just on par. I guess it's last year farm league. But how far back do the kids need to go? And as far as being fundamentally, fundamentally sound to make it in the majors, is it something that you can start in your middle school? Or do you think it, it really starts way, way back to little league? I, you know, I tell you what, the quicker they can get it, the better. Because I know that friend of mine's here in Raleigh. He has, uh, he worked some kids, uh, 13 years old and he wanted me to go out there and just like look at them and just watch them play a little bit. And they're 13 years old and they have, and I, and I, I'm not being negative about it. I'm just saying the fundamental skill that they have is, is, is lacking. It's lacking. And, and, and I, and I can say this, but I've seen some of this also in, in when I was coaching, uh, I've seen kids, kids come out of high school, come out of college and high school are not quite fundamentally sound. To me, when you come out of high school, we, uh, you understand that kids, that they aren't going to quite be that quite fundamental. But when you leave a four-year school, you go to college for four years, and then you get them out of college and you come into to pro ball, you should be already fundamentally sound. So that that is whereby we don't have to waste time worrying about the fundamentals of it because you already have that. But there's kids I've seen come out, they, 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 they're a little lacking in fundamentals, and then we got to go back and spend time with them on fundamentals, and then, and, and then you hope that they be able to get it. Because I tell kids that when you come out, if you fundamentally sound, you don't have to worry about that part. Now you just got to worry about the, your next part of the game. But when you're not fundamentally sound, you got to worry about that, and then you got to try to get you, get you caught up. But if, you can get, but if you get get the kids at a young age, you get them at a young age and start – getting them fundamentally sound, that's going to be the world of difference. What's an example or two or something you're seeing today? Because, uh, again, Bubba and I, are, uh, our, our boys are growing up and playing ball, baseball in this particular case. What are some things that uh, our, our age group can work on to, to get better that you know that it'll help us out down the line? You know, just trying to make sure that they uh, all depends on what 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 position they play at, at the infield. Just just try to make them fundamentally sound. You know, just tell them, hey, let's have you got to feel every ground ball just right at you. I mean, that's 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 the big thing. It'd be fun in infield, outfield, same same thing. Just work on some ground balls, ground balls. Just make sure keep your head down. Um, next, the next thing is you know where you're throwing the ball. Know where you're supposed to be at all times. And because I know kids, I know young kids, they always say, well, you know, hey, I want to be just like that guy there in the big leagues. 
Okay, but then again, you you have to understand how much work did they put in there to get to the big leagues. It's a lot of work. When they see it on TV, yeah, it's all glamorous and it's all, you know, hey, yeah, oh, yeah, I, I can do that. No, no, no. You got to put it in the work first. And you probably think like this. How many ground balls do they think that an infield take during the course of his of his year of years of playing? Outfield, the same thing with outfielders. You know, how many fly balls, how many ground balls do they do they take? And it's just like repetition. The more you take, the better you're going to get. And I know sometimes, you know, it, it get get a little boring and you know so I'm, no but it's it's gonna help you in the long run as you get older it's it's gonna get easier no doubt about it and that very fact of uh when you're talking about the that repetition and that would also uh help that would also help the experience right i mean you think about when you were talking about the speed of the game if i'm not kosher if i'm not clear on fundamentals and i'm kind of like you're talking about thinking about it and you have to, like you were talking about, when you're talking about how you have to be fundamentally sound to the point of where it's reaction, it's not even, you're so experienced and so knowledgeable about the way the ball is going to come to you or you have an idea. In other words, if you're, if I'm a shortstop, I'm going to have an idea of the way the ball is going to break and all that kind of stuff because of the fact that I've had ground ball after ground ball. But if I go out there raw, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. And I think that's one thing you made a good point of. Um, the individual work, uh, people see Sports Center, and they see, oh, my gosh, did you see that great play that Butch Davis made uh, on the ball? And they don't realize that you've taken thousands and thousands and thousands of balls over your career from all the way back to middle school, junior high, to the present time. It is. And, and you know, and, and, and as kids, especially kids younger and as they get older, listen, if your kids, just tell them, hey, then you get a routine. Get get a routine and do a routine every day. I mean, and I see infield they, they may take a fifteen ground balls straight up, fifteen ground balls to the back end, fifteen ground balls on on a reverse pivot, maybe uh, some ground balls coming in on. But it but 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 they develop a routine, just like I'll tell guys about hitting. When you come to the cage, you need to have a routine. Don't just come in the cage and hit. Come in the cage with a routine. Do that. Each and every day. It doesn't mean 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. You may come in and, and take 20 swings off a tee, but have a routine every single day and know what you're trying to do. Don't, don't just hit, 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 but know what you're trying. You want to hit line drive, work line drives. That's what you want to do. Fielding ground balls. Hey, same thing, ground balls. I, I want to make sure I'm down, I'm down low. Watch the ball in my glove. I take about 15, 20 of them. Give me a backhand, same thing. Get, get, Get my uh, um, my reverse pivot, the same thing. Some balls coming in, but do the same thing. A, a routine, okay. If you do that every single day, you'll be all right. You know, we talk about basketball. Uh, we talk about gym rats, guys. It was the first one there, the last one to leave. I, yep. I have a friend of mine. He'll he'll kill me for telling the story because not because it's a bad story, but one of my good friends from high school, Mark Rayner, his dad would pitch to him and pitch to him and pitch to him. I remember I remember so many times. I was working at Burger King in Williamston and I was working and uh, Mark was working there on the field. You know, he was taking batting practice from his dad. He was an outstanding, he could play. I mean, the guy could play any position uh, on the field at that level. And uh, he ended up going to double A ball in Reading uh, for the Phillies. And I was hoping that he could make the Phillies organization because that just goes to show you the hours and hours that he had the talent to make it all the way. 
Um, but the very fact, like you talked about, I mean, he put the time in, but it's still, you had to also have some lucky breaks, right? I mean, yeah. he, he was putting in thousand. I don't even know how many hours, but there was a trip to Germany that we went to the summer of 1990. He stayed for Legion ball, a whole bunch of stuff he gave up, uh, for his dream. Yeah, it is. I mean, like I said, you know, you just got to put it, put it right to put it in the time. And, 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 and like you said, you got to have the breaks. You, you just got to be, you got to be at the right place at the, at the right time. And you got to be hot at the right time. It's it just, it just that's the, that's the way it is. And then you know, I would tell people, hey, listen, once you get that foot in the door, keep it keep it going. Don't don't look behind you because there's always someone back there, uh, uh, right there on your tail. But uh, but it, it's it's hard work. But I tell you what, though, and, I, and the one thing that kept me going was the fact that when I when I got to the big leagues, I got a chance to get a uh, get a taste of what the big league life is. Is, is like and it just kept me going i mean because that first cup of coffee once you get it you're gonna you're gonna want to work even harder so that you can get back to the big league they always say it's easy it's easy to get to the big leagues but it's harder to stay right and that uh was there any uh players that you remember that gave you some good advice some funny stories you can tell us with, with the major leagues no, I know. I just, you know, my my, my first time there um, uh, with Kansas City, Amos Oles used to always try to, you know, tell me about certain how to play certain guys in outfield. Hal McCray was also there. Oh, I used man. to sit there. I used to sit next to him, and and because he was DH, and and he would tell me, say, "The Butch, watch this. I'm gonna go up there. I'm gonna show you what I'm gonna sit on, and I'm gonna show you what I'm gonna do." And it was amazing how he's how patient he was. You know, tell me, so, so, so this guy here, he loved to throw me that, throw me that little first pitch fastball here, and then he all come out with a breaking ball here. But he said, "Watch this, I'm gonna sit on, I'm gonna sit on the breaking ball," and he would do it. He would literally go up there. I mean, and he would hit it. I mean, I mean, he would hit. I mean, he was called about whether he got a base hit or not, but he knew what he was doing. He was a very smart man when it come to hitting, and I used to just sit there and just try to pick his brains. That's all I did. I used to just listen to him talk because I knew one day that I wanted to just I just wanted to just be able to sit there and watch the game and learn and just sit by him. And just I try to sit. I try to sit uh, with people that I that would talk. I can learn the game. And and that's what I did. Did with him. I just sit there and just listen to him. I mean, there was a, there was a, there was a lot of other players that I uh, that I sit there and, and listen to him talk. Um, I didn't say anything. I just listened to them because I knew I knew they had a lot of knowledge. Even even when I was coaching with the Minnesota Twins, I tell you two two coaches that they had there that I I really I just used sitting and listen to. I didn't have to say anything. Rod Carew and mm. Tony Oliva. Uh -huh. I used to sit there in the cage. I mean, I'm not here. I am. I'm the outfield guy, and they in the cage hitting. So if I didn't have guys in the outfield, I'm doing some work. I'd be in the cage with them. I'll just, I I just sit there and just listen to him. That's all I would do. Just listen. I don't say anything. I'll just listen to him. How about you? Speaking of Rod Carew, man, uh, that guy, uh, I, one of my favorite things of baseball is the running game as far as uh, when you're talking about uh, the running the bases. And that guy, I mean, I, I, I still believe he holds the uh, record for stolen bases, right, Rod Carew? No, I, I think that, that Ricky Henderson. I meant to say, I'm sorry, Ricky Henderson. I was yeah. thinking of both of them, but yeah. Uh, with Ricky Henderson and Rod Carew, two guys that I love so much with the with the game and with the that's the element of the game I think that is to me underrated. I think that it should be used more, but 
I guess uh, I'm more of a risk taker when it's uh, on the basis uh, than some, but I, I love to see a stolen base. Uh, it's something uh, very, do you have any memories of the, were you able to do that in your career? Yeah. I, I, you know, my, uh, my, uh, my first year in a ball in Fort Myers, Florida, I think I've, I stole, what was it? 40. I had stole one point in time. I think I had stole 42 straight bags without getting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I think yeah, I think I you know still I think I like you know still about maybe four to four out of four to seven some something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that was part of my game, running. That was, that was yeah. part of my game, and 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 then like I said, even when I when like I said when I was a rover and I was doing base running, and 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 I really talked to them about base running. I talked to them about how how you can win a game without getting a hit, getting a walk, reading a ball in dirty bands in second base. Guy next next to hit him, get him over without base hit. When you're your third base with less than two outs, all of a sudden the eagle got a fly ball out, field sack, fly run score. I said that's how you win ball games. I said I said if you go back over the years, I said I guarantee if you go back over the course of your season, think about how many games you can lose on the basis. I said, I'm telling you, go back and say, I tell them, you may end up losing about ten games on the basis base pad because you just completely messed up. People think the base running, real base running, I guess in a lot of ways, people say it's a loss of art. But fund, but when you're fundamentally sound, you win, you win a lot of games. No question. Uh, that's what something that uh, I think Cliff Godwin, East Carolina, Bubba is very good. I'm gonna pitch it to you now, Bubba. Uh, but uh, Cliff Godwin's very good with the running game and hit and run and uh, stealing and uh, with squeezing. And uh, one question, and then I'm going to pitch it to you, Bubba. Uh, one quick one is, did you ever steal home? Nope. I came close to it. Oh, I never get I was I was in uh, I was in A-ball, Fort Myers, so got the, 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 the guy was, was a big first base guy named Bob Ferris, Ferris and I was at third base. And um, my, ma my manager – Oh God, I can't think of the name, you know, but he was at that. And I told him, I said, listen, Hey, I think I can steal, I can steal home. He said, well, you can do it. Go on, go on, just go home and try it. And, uh, and, uh, and so when I broke, but I, but, but he's supposed to, the, 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 the Bob looked down there. I thought he gave him the take. And as I started running, I was almost, and I slowed up because the guy swung, he was swinging. I said, Oh no. And I said, Oh no. I said, I'm, I'm not doing that again. I said I'm not doing that no more. But I, but I, but, but I could have made it because I had timed them. I timed the guy on the mound. He was a, he was left-handed pitcher. You're real slow to the plate, and I had already creeped off third base with people playing back. And I said I, I can do this. I can do this. And so, as soon as I took off, all of a sudden, I, and I was running, and I looked at the hitter, and he was, and, and he was standing there. And I slowed up, and then he swung. I'm like, okay, nope, I won't try that again. Well, it's kind of shifting gears. Uh, I think it was 2008 that you were inducted into the East Carolina Hall of Fame. So, and, and talk about that honor. <laughs> uh, boy, that was—I mean, that was great. I was—I was really happy just to be uh, be, be selected. Um, nervous, uh, but uh, uh, anytime you receive an honor of any type, uh, it's, it's it's such a thrill. Just to be able to um, to to know that uh, that people think highly of you and they really appreciate what you did um, in the past. Is there? Uh, let me ask you this: Gonna put you on the spot as far as baseball. Do you know, Tom? Are there guys that you think that should be in the Hall of Fame for East Carolina? <sighs> They're not in there now. 
Well, I always thought the Bill of Best should be in there, and and they found to put them, put them in there. I was like, I, I, I don't, um, I think, uh, you know, Raymond Stein. I I still appreciate what he did when he played. Um, and I'm hoping that maybe they, you know, that they they might consider, they might at least put him to a vote. I don't know if 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 he had been considered or if they, if they had voted on him or not. But I, uh, the way that he played, the way he played, um. Uh, he was very professional. He played the game right and played the game hard. So um, I like to see him get in there because I know Bob Patterson. He was a pitcher. And I know he's in there. Um, I know Billy Best is in there. I'm trying to think uh, during my era I and mean, during, during my time with anybody else that uh, that got in there, and I don't think they were. Well, I guess to be fair, that's the way that it's. Uh... I guess that's to be fair, that being the Hall of Fame, there's not going to be, unfortunately, um, you have to, I guess, stand out in a certain uh, air, uh, way or certainly um, break some records or your, I guess, your batting average. I don't know. What did they, uh, what was it? Uh, did they tell you what puts you in the Hall of Fame? Uh, I think right now with me, um, I still lead the, I still hold the record for triples uh, at East, East Carolina. Yeah. So that's one of the things you always yeah. look at first. I think is records, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but uh, but I'm thrilled that I was I was uh, selected. It was a it was a shocker, uh, but uh, uh, I'm just gonna enjoy it. It's a it's a huge honor, and I know you're well deserving it. Bubba wants me to ask you about wanted me to ask you about your family. He said to ask you about your family. Uh, I'm married. Uh, I've been married for 30. That 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 that. That wife can kill me if I forget. About uh, 30, about 34 years now. I got a grandson and I got a granddaughter, and I got a son. I got I got a son and a daughter, and I got two two grandkids. One, uh, my granddaughter is nine, and my grandson is three. But I want to remind you, a PSA announcement next week is Valentine's Day, so don't forget that. <laughs> oh, come on now. I'm not going to forget that. <laughs> I, don't want you in the, I don't want you in the doghouse, Butch. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I've been in the doghouse once because when I was dating her, uh, I, I, I decided that, that one Valentine's Day, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't give her anything. I didn't even give her a card. Oh, I was in the doghouse for about two weeks. <laughs> And and I said, good, good players I said, learn, good players learn from their mistakes, right? That's, that's <laughs> right. And I said that'll never happen again. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of fundamentals, you practice that enough to know that make sure you get cards, candy, flowers. Uh, for my radio show, I was doing some show prep and uh, read this morning where uh, a guy gave a woman a, a whole box of the iPod, uh, the uh, I'm sorry, K pods, uh -huh. and, she, and she didn't even own a coffee machine, so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you better go out buy. You better go out buy a coffee machine. Then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> get the those the worst gifts for Valentine's Day. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm already ahead of that game. I already got her gift already. There you go. I know you would. You that's why you're a Hall of Famer uh, <laughs> for sure. And uh, I'm sure she sees you as a Hall of Famer. That's why uh, she married you and uh, stayed with you. And uh, as far as uh, I know, now after baseball. Uh, can we get you to come down to some games now? Whenever, whenever we can have fans again, that's a whole other show, as they say. But love to have you down in Greenville and uh, have seats. You can sit anytime you want there with mine because uh, being a former player, uh, I can't go to all the games anyway. But I love to support the program and 
uh, love for you to you know get back in with East Carolina, and uh, we need more guys like you to to come back. And I think the players really respect uh, the former players, especially the tradition that East Carolina uh, has. Yeah, I I would love to do that. I would love to do that, and I and I will do that. I would definitely go to go to some ball games. No doubt, we're so excited to have you. I tell you what, uh, the time has gone by very fast. I can't believe we've been you've been generous with your time, almost an hour. I can't believe it, but you're a lot of fun, and uh, I'm proud to have you as a tiger from Williamston and a pirate. It's been uh, an honor to have you on our show. You're always welcome. We do a show called Extra Innings where we look back at the week of uh, games. Uh, we do a baseball podcast inside of, obviously, what we do here. Um, we love uh, baseball, what Cliff Godwin's doing, the baseball program. So we do that. I'd love to have you back on sometime this season and break down some games. That'll be great. I look forward to it. Appreciate it, Butch. Thank right, you now. so much. Have a great night. Thank you night. very much. All Same right, to you all. Care. All right. All right. Bye. Take care now. Bye-bye. All right, that's Butch Davis, uh, ECU Hall of Famer. Very cool uh, to have him on Bubba. And obviously, again, with uh, Williamston native and uh, Greenville native, very cool. I want to remind folks that uh, 23 Jungle Tales is brought to you by PGX Gloves. And uh, we couldn't do it without our good friend, Mark Minikazi. He stepped up to the plate. He even has a 23. It's any day now, Bubba. I saw that uh, notification yesterday. I'm getting my 23 Jungle Tales t-shirt. And my kids with that wonderful logo on the screen, if you're not, if you're listening to us, just you got to go pgxgloves.com, right, Bubba? They've got everything. They have it all. Yeah, PGX gloves. Um, not only do they have um, baseball gloves, but they have, they have your batting gloves, um, personalized, customized with the colors um, and also names and other options. Um, they also have football and golf gloves, uh, swag, kind of like that logo you see there on the screen. Love it. And then um, we'll, we'll show you the purple and gold version of that uh, uh, maybe, maybe later on uh, with, with – uh, the, the show later on this evening, um, but and tremendous, tremendous um, logo for one, but then some of the, some of the gear that cause has his logo on. And then also the 23 jungle tales and the sports objective logo. No doubt. We appreciate all that uh, people are doing. In fact, uh, Mark Minikazi, we got a big announcement tonight. If you're watching this live, uh, we'll be back tonight at 7 o'clock. A lot of great uh, action, of course. The Super Bowl, we're not talking about uh, – we're talking baseball now, but the Super Bowl is Sunday for all of you that didn't know they're under a rock. Um, but we have uh, two good guests about that and so much more. we got a big announcement. We'll make it the beginning of the show. Right, Bubba? Uh, so make sure that you join us uh, for that. It's going to be a great – I know we have Mikey M., uh, for the NFL Network, and we also have Biscuit, right, Bubba? Yeah, Javon Claybrooks, and I look forward to talking to him about the Super Bowl experience and everything that goes into it as a player. Yes, that was, uh, I guess, oh, almost 20 years ago now, but um, still, and back in the early 2000s, um, a, a lot goes on during those two weeks in terms of media obligations and so forth. Uh, even though he wasn't, uh, you know, a Warren Sapp or Derek Brooks or some of those high-profile players on that team, he was a very young player in the league at that time. But uh, he got a firsthand look at everything that goes on and really look forward to hearing from Biscuit about the Super Bowl experience as a player. Are we going to catch up with them? It's been a while since we've had Biscuit on, so – 
Uh, definitely, maybe he can make some biscuits for us, and uh, we'll have some fun breaking bread with him uh, for sure. Thank you so much to our great guest, and we appreciate Butch Davis from 1978 to 1980, a part of 23 Jungle Tales, brought to you by, again, pjxgloves.com. Go there and buy everything. And by the way, don't forget to use a promo code. It has to be capital letters, ECU. And when you put capital letters ECU in the promo code, you get 25% off your order. And go and do that right now. You're getting ready. Hey, it's right now. Uh, I'm sure they're going to have a great big uh, farm league, maybe little league, whatever the case may be your kid is. They've got the best gear around. Again, pgxglot.com. And they can customize it. So if there's something you're looking for is special to honor your son or daughter, maybe for baseball or, or softball, whatever the case may be, whatever level they're playing, then just go to pgxglove.com. You can talk to Mark Minikazi, a baseball guy who's making baseball products and so much more. And we appreciate his support of the program. All right. This has been 23 Jungle Tales, a part of the sports objective right here. And as always, go Pirates. You've been listening to 23 Jungle Tales on the Sports Objective, the unofficial podcast of the Pirates. All these interviews and our other content can be seen on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. The audio can be heard anywhere you listen to our show, including but not limited to Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media on Twitter at TheSportsWJ, on Instagram at The Sports Objective. Like and follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show. Go Pirates!